from 1011 Now and the 1011 Studios in Lincoln, Nebraska. This is the N Report Podcast. It's week number three, but game number two for the Nebraska football team. Thanks for listening to the In Report podcast with Dan Corey and Brett Baker. I'm Kevin Suits. Boys, this is interesting. We've got a lot to discuss today. A whole lot. My question over the weekend was, doesn't it already feel like a month since Nebraska played Ohio State? Maybe three months. Dan, I know that uh, Saturday, it was a beautiful day here in Lincoln. Unfortunately for the Huskers, Memorial Stadium uh, was empty. The team watched scary movies on Halloween night. Some people have already submitted their jokes for that comment. Um, and Scott Frost got to do a little bit of trick-or-treating too. And I think uh, that's the thing about Nebraska football, as much as we, we love watching it and covering it, it does free you up. And, and so a lot of people out there, I'm sure, got to spend more time with their kids, do some trick-or-treating. But uh, like Scott Frost, this is uh, said, this is getting kind of ridiculous and we need to start playing some games and, and let's hope that we get that on Saturday, 11 o'clock in uh, Evanston, Illinois uh, against the two and O Northwestern team, by the way. We'll talk about that as we proceed on the in report podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, Northwestern. Yes. They currently sit atop the West division two and O with uh, a pair of pretty solid wins. But for right now, the overarching story with Nebraska football is the fact that they did not play last week. Wisconsin canceled the game due to a rise in COVID-19 cases. Nebraska went out to try to find a non-conference opponent. And in the previous episodes of the In Report podcast, we discussed that and how it all played out. Uh, and on Monday, the Huskers finally got to share their thoughts publicly about how wild of a week it was. You got a great sense of frustration, disappointment. And overall, guys, I felt just their patience has completely been worn thin. Yeah, we heard it from the ball coach himself where he's, he joked and said, you know, we've had the most amount of practices with only one game played, like in the history of football. And, and he mentioned that a couple of times. And, and so you can kind of sense where the coaching staff is and then the players as well. Multiple times players were asked, well, you know, do, do you take anything good out of the bye week? And it's just like, well, yeah, you know, I guess it's great having the rest, but that would be good in like week seven or eight. They just want to play games and, and you just get that sense uh, all the way going back to um, August and into the summer months as well. So, you know, the patience has run thin, as you said, Kevin, with the coaching staff and all the players, they just want to play. Yeah, Scott Frost was very fiery during um, Monday's regularly scheduled news conference. Brett, I thought the quote that really kind of struck me was him saying, quote, this is such a broken, messed up year. It's November and we've played one game. It's November. We should be, our, our scripts and our newscasts should be saying the final month of the regular season. The Huskers have played once. I think you probably would have to go back to the 1800s to find the last time Nebraska had a football season and had not played at home until November, if that's even ever happened at all, it might be unprecedented. Um, I think the thing that stands out to me is last week when we did this, Dan said, we're going to know so much more a week from now or two weeks from now. And the thing is, now with regards to the Nebraska, I feel like I know less than we did a week ago because so much time has passed by and we haven't seen or heard a whole lot from their camp. So it feels like game one all over again to me. 
All we really know is that this is a team that just wants to simply play football, and they have endured a great deal of backlash nationally and from across the country, the fact that they went out despite Nebraska, or the Big Ten saying that it would play a conference-only schedule in 2020. The Huskers did explore their options, and they had something lined up with Tennessee Chattanooga, and Dan Scott Frost even said that he felt like they did everything right, and he admitted that when he shared with the football team that they just needed the Big Ten's approval for that to happen. He's got the sense that his players instantly doubted the fact that that game would happen. That yeah, says quite it, a bit. Yeah, it does. And and uh, Nebraska has been pretty outspoken about the Big Ten. I, I do like that comment, though, Kevin, because that gives us a glimpse inside kind of the locker room and, and what the coaches think. We've gotten a lot of coach speak. Uh, uh, from the players, always saying the right things. The fan base obviously is furious at the Big Ten or the conference, but we haven't heard much from the players when it comes to that other than saying they just want to play. I thought that comment was interesting because it it does show that the players um, uh, doubt that the Big Ten was willing to come through for them, and and that's exactly what happened. I think they were just being realistic. I mean, I think – when the whole uh, let's get this restarted again happened, uh, that was just one of the parameters set. There would not be any makeup games, any lost games for just that lost games. There were not going to be any reschedulings or, or fitting someone else in. So I think they had probably paid better attention to what the Big Ten had said than the fan base did. And I understand Moose and Frost having to go and try. Uh, I probably wish that wouldn't have been as public as it was, but you know, I, I don't give, I don't fall up for trying, but the players knew what was what. Yeah, absolutely. And part of the national response to Nebraska efforting to play a non-conference game was one, they are rebellious that they were going against something that was already outside of the rules. And some people will question why even take on that initiative when you know that the answer is 99.9% going to be, you're not going to be able to do this because it would set a different precedent and would, would require a big 10 leadership to go against what it had previously outlined. However, from a lot of people inside the Nebraska border, they applaud the efforts to try to be creative and try to advocate for the players and the coaches and the fans that they wanted Nebraska football to occur this past Saturday, which it ultimately did not. Well, and and one point with this is the Big Ten has seemed to move the goalposts so much over the last couple months. And Nebraska, by doing this and making it public, Brett, is that if if Ohio State, who is competing for the college football playoff, does want to win a national championship, if this happens in a month to Ohio State and let's say they lose a game or two, uh, more data points, as Paul Feinbaum uh, says it for the college football playoff, Ohio State is going to have the same exact response that Nebraska had, where they want to showcase their team and, and make it so um, people know that they're worthy to make the college football playoff. Well, now, uh, according to the president that the Big Ten has set, that will not happen. Will it cost Ohio State a, a shot at the playoff? I, I don't know um, in that situation. I think Ohio State is worthy enough just by the eye test that even if it does play only six games or seven games, that it is worthy uh, of the college football playoff. I, I just think it, it's good by Nebraska because it does uh, draw a line in the sand and, and say that you 
absolutely cannot play games out of conference. And I, um, you know, like we knew the rule, Nebraska tested the rule mm. and they're, they're standing firm. Uh, but I, I also agree with you a little bit, Brett, that it's just like, that was the rule. We knew the answer would no, uh, would be no. And, and some people say, as Kevin said, kudos for trying. Guys, not to go further down the rabbit hole, but what is ahead now is Nebraska taking on Northwestern. Fingers crossed, because as we are finding out, COVID-19 has a way to disrupt a lot of things across college football and, and beyond sports, too, as, if we're being completely honest and uh, not too helmet-headish uh, as we look at this situation. But Nebraska is going to play Northwestern or is scheduled to on Saturday. Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach of the Wildcats, says that Nebraska is at an advantage for this game because they have had the additional week to prepare and the additional week off. Scott Frost didn't agree with that one bit. Where do you guys fall on it? Well, Scott was also gave Pat a hard time and, and they're friends. They're really good friends. And, and so Scott feels like he can say something like that, where it's just like Pat's one of the smartest coaches in America, but he's wrong basically. And, and you got that sense from the players too, that, you know, it's like, this would have been better, you know, in five weeks of a regular season to rest the bodies and to, you know, in the middle of the conference, but Nebraska's, from what we've understood and, and seen, non-COVID related, Nebraska is very healthy. Uh, we didn't see Jordan Riley or Luke Reimer make the trip to Ohio State. But other than that, it seems like uh, Nebraska, at least physically, is, is very healthy uh, at the moment. And they want more games under their belt. You know what they always say, too? The biggest jump in any college football season occurs between week one and week two because you learn so much about yourself after that opening game. You can make adjustments, whether that's personnel scheme or play design-wise. Nebraska has not been able to try to go back out there and, and uh, compete with those adjustments, whatever they may be. So I, I, I tend to agree with Scott Frost here that I don't think they're in the advantage at all. They wanted to, even if they were going to lose to Wisconsin, getting out there, seeing where you stack up and maybe uh, having a further evaluation of your players, that would benefit the team at the early stages of the season. And I think it's, it's got to grind on them a little bit, a wear on them a little bit in that, um, you know, they, they had the delayed start, the false start at the, at the jump. They thought they were going to go and then no go. And then you're going to go again. And then you get that. Okay. We finally got that first game and it didn't go the way you wanted it. So, you know, okay, this week in practice, we're going to get some stuff squared away and let's get it right. And then no again. So I think it's, yeah, I don't think there's any advantage. I, I think it's a huge disadvantage, honestly, because from a mental, like forget the physical part from a mental part, it's a lot of back and forth, up and down on these young guys. And, I mean, that's not, you know, big league world stuff, but this is their world. This is what they're doing. And I have to think that it, it's, it's, you know, worn on them a little bit. You think it was hard on the fans last week? Uh, they were trying to follow the story along Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Imagine being one of the players. You just want to know, which team am I scouting for? Am I going to get to play on Saturday or am I not? You probably have all of your family members that are maybe considering traveling to Lincoln asking you what's going on. Am I going to be able to, there's a lot at play here. And so while a lot of the fans probably felt like they were strapped into the roller coaster going up and down throughout last week, imagine what it was like being one of the members within the program. And I even asked Adrian Martinez on Monday, you know, how has this affected Scott Frost? Because I would think as the head coach, the leader of the ship, 
that that would definitely take a toll on somebody. But he said that the coaching staff, in his word, has been unwavering. Well, and and that's the leadership right there. And, you know, it's a top down. That's how it works uh, with teams like that. And if Scott Frost, if the wheels start wobbling a little bit there, um, you're going to see that within the team. And and Scott Frost, on the other side, credits his players, Brett, for not getting a lot of fatigue for hitting each other uh, and not hitting another team or, or not knowing when you're going to play next. Um, so hopefully uh, that culture that we heard about for two years, and now it's year three under this current coaching staff, uh, has really started to set in place. And, and we're going <laughs> to, I said this a week ago, but I, this is the most um, excited I've been about a Northwestern Nebraska game since the Huskers have joined the conference. That's not really saying much because really uh, a lot of people don't look forward to this game, even though it's been really good each year and Northwestern is two and oh, but I'm, I'm way, just way more curious about Nebraska right now and what type of team it has this year. Uh, Northwestern is a three point favorite. Uh, I watched that Iowa game on Saturday, Kevin, you did too. I, I don't know uh, if I, if I see that, but Nebraska has a lot to prove that is for sure. But I, I do think Nebraska can go in there and win and, and not only win, but win by a couple of, uh, a couple of scores. Wow. You know, Northwestern tends to pop in these really good years. They don't happen, uh, year in and year out, but it seems like every three, four, five years, they're right there at the top of the Big Ten West. This may be one of them, especially considering the Big Ten West is not at all what anyone expected, especially with Wisconsin currently not playing right now. At this moment, we don't know whether they will take the field and face Purdue uh, this week or not, and that might be hard for them to get prepared considering they were still uh, in a uh, week-long quarantine. But Northwestern, guys, Patty Fisher is still on the team. He feels like he has been in that program for two decades. He's one of the better linebackers in the Big Ten, has been for the past few years. He's a three-time all-conference selection. The defense is really good for Northwestern, and they can run the football. That's going to be a little bit different of a test than what Ohio State posed in week number one. Dan, you got a lot of optimism going on right now, thinking Nebraska can win this one and win win it maybe with a little bit of a margin. I'm not so sure. I think that Northwestern is a pretty good football team. You know, you look at those stats against Iowa, and it, it did seem like Northwestern was running the ball on the Hawkeyes, but you look back, and, and that wasn't the case at all. And I, it, if I am not impressed with Northwestern, I don't know what to think about Iowa because Northwestern gave Iowa 14 points, and somehow the Hawkeyes still lost. That's a, a different conversation with where that program seems to be headed but yeah you you, here's the thing you you just know what you're going to get with Northwestern the margin for error is so small against a team like that because as we heard the players say they won't beat themselves so Northwestern yeah it uh, you know up or down a little bit each year but they kind they're steady Eddie in the Big Ten West I want to see how far Nebraska has come and and we're going to find out you know if Nebraska if this game is close or Nebraska loses by a couple of scores, then I don't know. Then it's time for me to maybe readjust where I think this team Nebraska could be this year. Dan, I'm going to a little bit disagree with you. And in part, because 
you know, you just said we're going to learn a lot and find out how far Nebraska has come. If they win the game in Evanston, I don't know that the overwhelming feeling around here is going to be, well, well, they've made pretty good strides because they're playing Northwestern and there's still the stigma that they are not in the upper echelon of the Big Ten, despite being 2-0. and I think if they do lose to Northwestern, I think that you learn a lot more that they are farther away than what people want them to be at right now. So I think there's much to lose, not as much to gain in the eye of public perception. I think there's much to gain in terms of your record, Big Ten West race. And remember when the schedule was released, Nebraska's first four games, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Penn State. Everybody looked at that portion of the schedule, the first four, and kind of lumped it all together and said, wow, if you can get out of that one and three, uh, that's probably par for the course. This was the one to win. And I don't think that it is as easy and as attainable of a victory as some people may have initially thought. I may be one of the rarities in Husker fans. I actually think this is the Huskers' best rivalry since joining the Big Ten. The games have been the closest among any, uh, you know, in in the West. Um, Usually by three to six points is the separation. We've had a couple overtime games. You know, everybody remembers, you know, Kellogg to Westercamp for the Westercatch. And, uh, you know, some rallies in Chicago at, at Evanston. So I'm a big fan of the Nebraska-Northwestern game, even if people aren't, because they always seem to be good. It's a, always an entertaining game no matter what. I mean, yes, a knuckleball field goal won it last year, but it was down to the final, you know, last breaths of the game. And the last time they were in Evanston, you know, it went into overtime. Uh, and uh, many thought that would maybe be Frost's first win at Nebraska. It wasn't. What I expect for this game, just to kind of give you a feel of where I'm at, is probably that t- 2016 game in Evanston where, you know, Northwestern was Northwestern, but Nebraska came out and played pretty well and won by a couple of scores. Uh, that would be maybe my expectation for for this game that's kind of what I'm envisioning best case scenario for the Huskers yeah well Northwestern does tend to play Nebraska extremely close I don't know why I don't know if it's the way that the styles of programs match up Um, but Brett as you mentioned they are always close 2017 overtime game 2018 overtime game last year Field goal at the horn made by Lane McCallum, who, oh, by the way, is not a kicker anymore. He's still in the program. He's playing linebacker for Nebraska. That's when uh, the Huskers were just looking for anybody to uh, kick for them, and they got that victory at Memorial Stadium. So I'm with you guys. I think that this is is one of the more entertaining series for Nebraska in the Big Ten. However, I don't know if it's the one that people look at the schedule and say, oh, I can't wait for that game, because Northwestern does not have the cachet of a Penn State, Ohio State, or Wisconsin. I think what's interesting too, and what doesn't help this quote unquote rivalry gain a little more momentum this year is because nobody can go and watch it. You talk to fans that have gone to Chicago and attended a game at Ryan Field, they will come back and they will say, hey, that was pretty fun because you'll ride the train in Chicago. You get a little downtown life. You're maybe getting some Chicago-style pizza. You're seeing that Ryan Field is a pretty intimate and unique uh, setup and a great place to watch the game because you can get fairly close to the field. So the people that have experienced that Northwestern game, maybe that this matchup has a little warm spot in, spot in their heart and there's not going to be that element this year. So it's lacking a little bit something in terms of that excitement level or what that may be doing to move your meter as a fan. The great games are close in the overtimes, but 
you know, those train rides and Chicago pizza would still equally taste good if Nebraska was winning some of these games by 14 or 21. Um, and you look at the history of the programs and what the fan base expectations are. And Nebraska needs to get to a place where it can start beating Northwestern uh, for sure two out of three years. Um, and, and maybe that's a step that this program needs to take. All right, so Nebraska plays Northwestern Saturday then, and we have a couple of fill-in-the-blank questions. The Wildcats win if blank, and the Huskers win if blank. Brett, we'll let you field the first question. How does Northwestern win this game? I think playing uh, clean, fundamental uh, football and executing what they want to do, imposing kind of their will. Um, I think if they take what they uh, – the confidence they kind of probably got from coming back against Iowa, if they ride that, I think they're going to put a put a pretty good challenge in front of Nebraska. Nebraska wins if it doesn't turn the ball over, wins special teams, and doesn't commit penalties. It's as simple as that. Nebraska will win the game if they win all three of those. I'm going to say Nebraska wins the game if it doesn't have some sort of mental hangover from what they've endured here over the past seven days. I think that that's a legitimate uh, argument. It's a legitimate concern. Scott Frost was asked about that on Monday, and he said it hasn't even entered his mind. He has that much faith and trust in his teams that they were forward thinkers and that they do have a, quote, chip on their shoulder. But sometimes that can be lip service because you see what's only behind uh, the closed doors. When you're out there against a team that's playing at home 2-0 and and knows it's got an opportunity to maybe challenge for the Big Ten West championship this year, it might be a little bit different. So uh, I think Nebraska wins if it can play highly motivated and if it can get ahead early. I think if it can get an early lead on Northwestern, perhaps they can ride that momentum. I, I think the first quarter is going to be really important for the Huskers, especially seeing what they did at the start of the game against Ohio State to throw out some new wrinkles and catch their opponent off guard. Well, I, I think, think heavy dose of Diedrich Mills. And I think mm. a better moving the ball around between the wide receivers. I just want to know what the wide receiver room is going to look like, because we thought against Wisconsin that we would start seeing some new wide receivers and uh, certainly a conversation. Will we see Omar Manning this week? But, uh, you know, where is Chris Hickman, Alante Brown, Marcus Fleming? Are, are those guys that are going to line up at wideout for Nebraska or is it going to be more of the same of what we saw against Ohio State where those guys don't get very many snaps? Um, you know, hopefully in, in these two weeks, that's one position group that you really hope has come along uh, mentally uh, to be able to play because that really um, would help the offense that already looked pretty good at least running the ball against Ohio State. Then that kind of leads right into my Northwestern wins this game if fill in the blank. If they make Nebraska one-dimensional, I think that the Wildcats definitely have an advantage in this game. And one way to make Nebraska one-dimensional is uh, take away the run, make them pass, because Nebraska's passing game, yes, it can be effective, but there's a difference between the intermediate passing game and the deep passing game. And in one week, I know it's a very small sample size, but the Huskers did not take many shots against Ohio State. I think that they're going to need to take some shots against Northwestern. And I think just comparing personnel between the Buckeyes and the Wildcats, you have maybe a higher window to have a better chance of success by going downfield against Northwestern. 
Absolutely. I would agree with that. And uh, if, if Nebraska can take deep shots and, and have them hit and be able to run the ball, um, Nebraska should up, should put quite a bit of points up. But, you know, let's say Nebraska is one-dimensional and, and it can run the ball and it's chewing clock. You just can't turn the ball over. That Nebraska was running the ball very effectively against Ohio State, but put the ball on the carpet two times. One of those was a scoop and score. Uh, it not only did it change the game against Ohio State or at least make that look more like a blowout, which it was, uh, it's going to decide the game on Saturday because it, it, it could be that close of a margin, um, you know, against Northwestern. It typically is. Well, with that, um, we are going to kick around some predictions real quick. I don't know if you guys have thought much about this. Dan already has because he thinks the Husker is going to win by 200 points. Uh, <laughs> so, Brett, what's your prediction for the game? 28-24 Northwestern. Ooh. Dan, in all seriousness. Well, right there. I mean, that's right there with Vegas. I mean, when in doubt or, you know, like put it up against Vegas, that would be right up there. Um, I think Nebraska can get in the 30s, maybe gets a field goal. 31-21, Nebraska? Take them by 10. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Nebraska 30-28. to 28. I think it's going to go down to the wire. It'll be a one-possession game there at the, throughout the backside of the fourth quarter. But I do think Nebraska gets out of Evanston with its first win of the 2020 season. And I think if there's anything we're cheering for on Saturday, guys, is it that there is a football game for the Huskers? Okay, just real fast here, Kevin. You know, I, I said that, you know, like perception wise, it would really look good for Nebraska and for maybe my expectations of this team. If Nebraska were to win by uh, two scores, which is what I have them, if it's more along the lines of your uh, score where it's one point or two points, yeah, that's a win. I mean, you, you take a win anytime in the big 10 West, even when it's against, uh, you know, a team like Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern, uh, produced 2-0, by the way, as well. Yeah, you're uh, listing you all the wrong and, teams, Dan, and, because those <laughs> teams are all good right now. And all of a sudden, you know, Nebraska's 1-0, and and that win is in the Big Ten West. And you you said that maybe Northwestern is starting to think about a Big Ten West title. You know, if Nebraska gets this on, on Saturday, you know, we're going to start to hear that more and more that maybe this could be, you know, 2020, such an odd year. Maybe this is a crack in the door for Nebraska to sneak into the big 10 uh, West race. 11 o'clock start time Saturday in Evanston, Evanston, Illinois for the Huskers. The game will be televised on BTN. Stay tuned to 1011 for all your coverage leading up to kickoff. That is assuming there is a game. We will keep you posted of everything that is happening. In the world of Husker football, with Dan Corey and Brett Baker, I'm Kevin Suits. Thanks for listening to the End Report Podcast. You've been listening to the End Report Podcast from 1011 Now. Subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch 1011 Now Sports and download the 1011 Now app. This is an alert from your Stay up to date now. during severe weather season with push notifications from the 1011 Now Weather App. Download the 1011 Now Weather App for free today.